Welcome to The Songs You Should Know, a podcast dedicated to all the music that slips through the cracks. I'm your host, Ben Hunt, and joining me is my co-host, Richard Wilder, folks. Oh, ho, ho. And here we are to tell you about, you guessed it, The Songs You Should Know. Yahoy! <laughs> yeah. Ignore the sounds of speed racing up the street, because we are recording these goddamn hooligans. Oh <laughs> God! Don't they get ya? <laughs> they your man very time, but <laughs> oh, Jesus! Jesus Christ! <laughs> the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket. I must say, your Irish accent is excellent. I I, wait, why? Thank you. Why, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I, I grew up in, you know, what, what I can say is the... Uh, the I grew up in a Kalani. <laughs> Where, yeah, not Ka- Galway, actually. A Galway, yeah. yeah they, they got me good. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's... Uh, what you can got I say? to know. <laughs> uh, it's grand, it's grand. We're Anywho, here, after yeah. our racial slurs... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am as Irish as they come with the name Ben Hunt, and he is as unfortunate as he comes being Reggie Wilder over there. Here we are, folks. (laughs) (laughs) For another remarkable episode of Songs You Should Know. I... Can't wait for this next one. I I I think this is like both of ours, like one of our favorites. Like, it, it this is like a like a treat of a song because it's like one of our like favorite like bands. We just kind of threw like, it out there. It's uh, so I, this the seed of this episode began, in me throwing out to Reddit as I was trying to trying to get uh, a little gumption going for our Beatles episode where we discussed the most underrated Beatles album. Help, um, which has a, a, a multitude of great songs. Uh, I'm gonna pause and wait for you to go click and listen to it right now. Click, 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 click. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, even if you didn't click that and you're still listening because you're a fool or you're a brilliant <laughs> person, I don't know which. Anywho, both. The, I, I, I both. think that that is accurate. You're probably some kind of perverted genius. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> But uh, when we were talking about the the Beatles album Help, I went on and I scurried onto Reddit, which something is something that no one should ever do. And um, no, I I I was honestly surprised that you were just like, I oh, I scurried on the Reddit. I was just like, I got right. a good chunk of listens from it, but emotionally devastated from it. <laughs> so I I just kind of like threw out there. It was like I went onto some Beatles threads, and it was like I'm actually a Beatles freak who would actually like actually enjoyed posting on some of these Beatles threads. But I would just kind of end some of my Beatles threads with like, hey, like. You know, if you like this, you should go listen to the episode. Or just, like, say a comment and then include a link to the podcast. And someone was like, hey, why don't you stop clogging up Reddit or Beatles Reddit with all your fucking links? No one wants to listen to your shitty podcast. And I was like, why did you take the time to write that against another human being? It's, it's so, so mean. mean. It is so mean. 
They are nasty out there nowadays. It, it is, is cruel. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just like, this is this. Like, you don't have to write that. You can think that. Obviously. Yeah, you can think yeah. That. I think that. I mean, Everyone's, like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. People can be butt cheeses from time to time, but you don't need to itemize it for them. You I don't have to be nasty. I'm just trying to support my wife and kids, which I don't have, but I'm trying to support them. <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just kind of threw it out there. And, um,. But while I was on there, one of the threads, which I thought was great, which was, um, what is your most unpopular, serious musical opinion? And I didn't use this as posting for anything. I just kind of threw it down there as serious. And this is a true story. Is I just kind of threw it out there as, like, the Monkees are one of the most underrated bands of all time. Okay. Yeah. I got over a thousand upvotes. Like, people seriously like the monkeys. And I thought that was awesome. Because they get a lot of flack. They'll never get the same gumption as all those hardcore Rolling Stones. They, they won't. Zeppelinites. But they have, like, fucking I, bangers. So, that's my thing, is I can, I can get behind... They didn't play their own instruments, but that's fine. Neither did the Birds and neither did the Beach Boys. But the Beach Boys get as much street cred as anyone else. And that's a bunch of nonsense. Oh, oh more street cred than the Monkees. Monkees had their songs. Like, 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 uh, I saw your face. Now I'm a believer. Yep. Yeah. Like, they have those, those Monkey songs, but like, really getting deep in the Monkees, like, they have really... There's albums are really good, but like people will never recognize them because they just like they're almost like this just like showy like American band that just like it's uh, they got they, with their TV show people, and stuff like yeah, that and like got they that. they got big though they they really did get big. So originally the Monkees got pitched as a TV show, uh, TV show got recorded and they requested uh, you know people that are acting for the TV show be singer-songwriters, and they sang and wrote. But basically what happened is the Wrecking Crew played all the instruments on the songs, and the first album was just kind of the actors singing. And they said, it's a soundtrack to the TV show, so they said, great. And they released the soundtrack to the TV show a couple weeks before the TV show, and the soundtrack did incredible, where it was and it, it was like a top ten hit, and which was amazing. It might have been literally a number one, and they said, okay, well, we have a massive hit on our hands, so we got to... They must have been like, like, the producer was like, what the fuck? These yeah. guys are fucking... Uh, what's been going on? The last train to Clarksville was their first hit, which is a great song. You know, last train to Clarksville, I'll meet you at the station. Mm. Great song, but it was a hit out of nowhere. And it was supposed to be a TV show, and the whole idea was like, oh, we're artists who are just kind of doing this TV show to try and make ends meet. And they ended up being a sensation like the Beatles, which is really funny because the whole concept of the show is like, let's write a show about as uh, a band that's an American version of the Beatles, but the whole joke is we'll make it like a hard day's night, except the monkeys never get big as in like the Beatles got big and yeah. it's just imagine if the Beatles never made it so they have all these great songs and all these hijinks 
but they're never good enough. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. And if you watch the Monkeys TV show, it's very, very clever writing for for kids TV, especially in the sixties. Um, really, like, like uh, it's worth watching. Like as an adult, it is worth watching. Like jokes aside, it is way better than it needs to be. Okay. You yeah, talk no, about, I, like, big-time rushes and imitation that was during our time. Yeah. And, uh, that's kind of... That like, was, like, that, that was, like, the, like, the, uh, alter ego of, like, One Direction. Mm-hmm. That was, that was, like... Exactly. What we had, basically. They were the, the bands that it was literally the producers said, Ah, he looked good. Ah, no, he looks better. Um, which I appreciate people kind of hating them on them early on but what ended up happening is you had two serious songwriters in the band with Peter Tork and Mike Nesmith and all four of them were uh, great singers uh, Peter Tork was okay but he was a great songwriter an unbelievable musician Mike Nesmith was an unbelievable songwriter and then you had uh, 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 Mickey Dolans who is an unbelievable singer mm. and you had um Davy Jones, who is also a great singer. Great singer. And these guys suddenly started coming out with also, I believe, one of like, them you know, kind of had hits a, by a, themselves. A British person. Like, he, he's British. Yeah, he's the only one in that was British in the band. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, the TV show was one of the biggest TV shows of the 60s. Um, the Beatles openly talked about that any time that it was on BBC, they actively watched the TV show. They met the Beatles. They went to England. They toured, Jimi Hendrix opened for them, and, you know, they played all the t- songs for the TV show, but slowly over time, uh, Peter Turk and Mike Nesbitt in particular got very vindictive about, um, they were hired on the grounds that they were singer-songwriters, so mm. they should be able to... To, like, like profit off, yeah, like, both? No, yeah, no, no, not profit. Oh. It is their art, which is their songs, should be put forward more. And Mike Nesmith had a lot of the um, the hit songs of like you know you just may be the one Mary Mary, a lot of these songs that were fabulous. Um, and what ended up happening is they kind of had a break with management and and the guy that was kind of had all the original songs and they had the famous the Wrecking Crew was backing a lot of the songs with, you know, writers like. Carol King and mm-hmm. Neil Diamond were the yep. ones that were writing those monkey songs. Yeah. They had this massive break. And I'm sorry if this is boring for anyone, but it's not. It, for me, oh, it's it, oh, well, it's, it's... No one's bored by this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um, but uh, what ended up happening is they had a break and suddenly the monkeys decided uh, for their third or fourth album they were going to write all of their own songs, which ended up being the monkeys' album Headquarters. And the Monkees album Headquarters was number two in the year of 1967, and it was only number two on the grounds of, guess what album beat it out? Ooh, the Beatles album that was 1967, maybe, uh... <clears throat> Can you guess it? He is right with the band. Can you guess the album? <clears throat> yep. Um, Revolver? Mm. As close as you can get with a mess, ladies and gentlemen, is the album... Oh shit! It's um, it was the Sergeant Sergeant Pepper, yeah. The fuck! It was nineteen sixty-seven, the summer of love. 
God the number one damn album it. Was yeah, Sergeant I'm an Peppers. idiot. I'm an idiot. I knew I knew Revolver was it was before Sergeant mm. Pepper. God damn it. Mm. All right. All right. I'm not I'm not I'm not sad about that. I, I, I knew I mixed it up, but fair. It is an absolutely fabulous album from beginning to end. Sergeant Pepper is as, as well. But if you listen to the Monkeys Headquarters, it's fabulous. And they wrote and recorded all those songs. But basically over time it was diminishing returns and people started to have excuse me, more corporate say over what could be the songs, what couldn't be the songs. And Mike Nesmith and Peter Thorpe kind of just got sick of it. And over time, so did Davy Jones and Mickey Dolan's. And they basically said, you know what? We were a, kind of a made band that were a boy band that kind of ended up being a good band by itself. And we had hits as that band, but people don't give us the respects. We don't get enough gumption, blah, blah, blah. It's not artistically satisfying. So they quit. And they did that for 20 years. All of them had successful solo careers. Um, yeah, uh, or relatively successful for one way or another. But uh, Mike Nesmith in particular had a couple of hits with Linda Ronstadt, the Native Grady Dirt Band. Um, yeah, hit solo hits by himself. Uh, which kind of vindicated a lot of the flack that the monkeys themselves were getting as he kind of became this country artist. Flash forward 20 years, MTV comes out, and suddenly the monkeys are hit again because they're just... MTV realized that it was really cheap to just buy the uh, the monkeys' rights to the TV show. They just started playing the TV show 24-7, and all the 80s kids got into the monkeys. And suddenly, the monkeys came back, because they were just kind of hiding out there, you know. Somebody started playing I'm a Believer, and Mickey Dolan stuck his head out a window and was like, Aha! My time has come! <laughs> Peter Tork was, uh, I believe he ended up being like a social studies teacher somewhere in California, and he, same thing, just kind of heard the call and started rushing over, and uh, Davy Jones... Did he, re- did he really? Like, he only, like... He, he literally quit the monkeys, tried to make it as a as a uh, an artist by himself and I think he recorded an album or two and then he ended up getting busted for trying to like smuggle weed which is hysterical is it 2022 that we're, that we're like talking about that he got busted for weed did time and then came Jesus. back and was a social studies teacher in California that is crazy like a good chunk of time and then in the 80s he rejoined the monkeys Mike Nesmith uh, became a multi-millionaire businessman, uh, was partially indebted to MTV, or MTV was partially indebted to Mike Nesmith for invite, inventing MTV, as, long, as well as his mother inventing liquid paper, which would become whiteout, which he inherited, became a multi-millionaire producer, singer, songwriter, he didn't need the monkeys, but he still decided to come back every now and then. That was the 80s, where the monkeys kind of had their reunion. They just kind of endlessly toured from then on. But what was really interesting was about 30 years after that is that, uh, unfortunately and really sadly, Davy Jones died. Yep. 
And that was right around the time. Do you remember that? that? Do you remember that? That was I like do. Uh, I legitimately it was, remember. It, it was that. almost like two th- two thousand nine, two thousand eight. Was no, it? No, it would have been um, 2011, 2012. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, was that okay? It would have been around that time because we were in middle school. Yep. I want to say seventh grade. Twenty eleven. I I remember like like it like everybody was just like. Listen to Day Dream uh, Believer right now. Like yeah, that's like that what we do right now. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, so we've taken you through the whole history of the monkeys, which is not what I really meant to do, but it brings you up to that point of Davy Jones died, and I think it kind of rattled the cage of Mike Nesmith, who was kind of reticent. And that's a five dollar word. Um, to rejoin the monkeys, he kind of had this successful life as a as a solo artist without the monkeys, and he was a successful businessman. He really didn't need the monkeys, but he was also a singer songwriter, and there were a lot of songs that he wrote with the monkeys that were great. So he kind of rejoined Mickey Dolan's and Peter Tork during that time, and what came out was the fiftieth anniversary album. Which is the which was the song that we originally intended to talk about fifteen minutes later, which is Good Times by the Monkeys, which is the fiftieth anniversary album, which is magnificent from beginning to end. We were just talking about it. We were just talking about it. It is unbelievable. Um Yeah, no, it it it's it, it's it, it's a great album. Um So we'll call tw- Good Times 2012, right? Yep. Give or take. It was right after uh, David Jive died, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it would probably be within the span of a couple months, but what's really cool is that basically the monkeys got together of whoever the... Like uh, the last... Or like, uh, like whoever... Like the, the survivors, the producers, whoever makes yeah. the wheels turn. Yeah. And, and they all got together basically, and they made this great album. Yeah, they kind of they got together, and they basically said like, "Hey," they threw it out to the songwriting world. Who are the people that um, we want, or, or like, just basically like threw it out to them? Yeah. Like, hey, like we want a monkeys album. Yep. Who grew up watching the monkeys and wants to write a monkeys album? And one of the biggest contributors was uh, the guy who recently died, actually, who was the uh, main songwriter for Fountains of Wayne. For those of you early 2000s fans, he was the guy who wrote Stacy's Mom, which is one, an iconic sound of my childhood. Iconic. And it, it, it was incredible when you told me that like he uh, was one of the main writers and main like producers for... This new album that the monkeys were doing back in like twenty like twelve it was which I, I like that that that's insane to me that like that like there you are got only that, like, a couple albums that are that especially during that time period that stick out to me but I love that there is that kind of I don't know ten year lull yeah where I'm just listening to Stacy's mom over <laughs> and over again I should say watching the music video <laughs> over and over again. 
But it's just, it, it really is like that. I thought that was great. And I wish I could name you another Fountains of Wayne song. And I'm a person who really loves music. And you could put a gun to my head and that is the only Fountains of Wayne only song. Only one. Only one. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, with every 2000 song, there's only one song that really, like, hits home with you for every artist, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, of all the songs on this album, we've gone through a couple. She Makes Me Laugh, Love to Love. Uh, I wasn't born to follow. I know what I know. And then we landed on what is the song we can absolutely agree on is our coexisting favorite song. No, we need you to know what this song is. And that is me and Magdalena. I've never heard an uglier name for a girl. And I am so sorry if your name is Magdalena out there. I really do feel bad. I actually appreciate it. Because uh, you can just do Maggie with that. Or just like, Ma- Maggie's a wonderful name. Yeah. I do. I Magdalena do. and Maggie. Yeah. Uh, Magdalene is, is a fine name. Magdalena is like... Magdalena is like almost prettier than Mag- Ma- uh, uh, Magdalene or like uh, whatever. I Magdalene or... or, or um, yeah. Yeah, I can kind of... Magdalene Mar- is like almost Margaret like is the other Magdalene is like you're in like the like the twelfth century and you're yeah. just like you're it, getting it ready is. to get piped down by a knight. Yeah, yeah. It, it it it's crazy, but to be fair, like it, it it's a beautiful song. I absolutely love it. It's a Mike Nesmith, brilliantly sung. I believe he wrote it. It was just, it's one of those things of like, he got better with singing with age. It's by an the way. eclectic. Man, I I think he's great singing either young or old. I just uh, what's my uh, I'll send you propinquity your way and see if you're Fair a enough. big fan of that. It's Fair like, enough. I just oh my god. I thought he I thought he was excellent when it comes to me and my Blanda. I thought he was excellent for is. this entire it's album just, basically. It, uh, but uh, uh, the song the point of the song is go listen to me and Magdalena. Because if you don't like this song, well, I don't like you. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get people to listen to this podcast. And even if you don't like that song, I, I still like you. So I rescind that. <laughs> I'm a coward. <laughs> and I'm He's spiraling. He's spiraling. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm elbowing old women to run out of the burning building and get away myself. And, you know, all those terrible things. But um, that's not true. It's just, it's a song I think that is worth listening to. And I think a big part of a lot of these songs that we're going through is that they're songs that are worth, like, reading the lyrics. Yes. Or at least listening really close to the lyrics. Yeah. Because we, like, well, like, I was, like, I, I was talking about, like, uh, one of the lines in it. Like, basically, you're, where, um, uh, basically, the singer is just talking about how much, um, like, about... Himself and Magdalena, mm-hmm. how they're going through driving south. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. yeah they they they're going through. They're seeing the sun slowly sink away. Mm-hmm. They're seeing the this notion rise and fall. Basically, it's very California sixties. It's very Laurel Canyon. The the chorus is amazing, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I've ever loved any other mm-hmm. half as much as I do in this light. She's under. I just, just like that's just it, it's it's beautiful as we drift into the arms of the undiscovered. 
Because that was the line we were arguing about. Is, the, is that a good line? It, As we it, drift off into the arms of the undiscovered. That's what I was going to go to. It's like, but no, everything lost will be recovered when you drift into the arms of the undiscovered. I think that's great. It, it, I think that's brilliant it, because it's not it's, heaven, it's not hell, and it's not non-existence. It yeah. is acceptance of the afterlife. I think that's brilliant. It, it it it's it's a good way to interpret it. It was it was not I I was I was skeptical of that uh interpretation. I like it better with that interpretation. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's convenient and necessary though ne- no, but necessary. And I don't blame for it like songwriting. Mm-hmm. They needed just the like, re 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 recovered yeah. undiscovered. And I don't blame her for that because it works with the lines. I think it's great. I, I, as someone who's written a song or two themselves, see October Horse. Um, I think that it is something that's incredibly hard to do, and it's a difficult puzzle. And you can. It's very easy to throw filler in there to just throw chaff and make a sausage. Uh, it's much harder to come out with a line that makes sense and has multiple meanings. Yeah. And I think drifting into the arms of the undiscovered is something that hits all those notes on my taste buds for a good song and mm. a well-written song. So I, I give and, uh, the yeah. writer all the credit in the world. I, and without those, without those lines, I would, like... Um, even say that like it's still a very well written song. Like you can throw those lines away and just like, oh this is still an ex- one half as much as I <laughs> half as much like she's under <laughs> she's under. Come on. It's awesome. Song the imagery is. of it is just yeah, like it's, it, it, it it's beautiful. It is if very... you can if you can give me a picture in my head of what's happening with the song, I'm I'm fucking game. I'm I'm along for the ride. It's just, it, like I said, it conjures this image of this like top down. You're in a monkey mobile, uh, like it's some some uh, what's what do you call it when the top's down? The 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 what type of car is it? Overhead, it's a convertible. Thank you. You're in a convertible, driving down these long California roads off to the beach. Yeah. You know your girl in hand or your guy or your whatever toaster or hey maybe you're by yourself and that's you (laughs) whatever it is that makes you happy you're driving down the road i i i always gotta clarify if it's a dead body you're wrong you're wrong you're a terrible person you're wrong you should not be doing that we discredit necrophilia of all its nature saying necrophilia i was saying murder but yes yes we would like to have a formal stance on necrophilia and murder which is not what I expected in a monkey's podcast. <laughs> to be yeah. fair, I had a couple of drinks. And I was just like, "Oh no, he's no, 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 this is a this is a podcast that's done completely sober." Reggie Wilder is out of hand over here. Oh. <laughs> Anywho, but yes. Point being, it, it it's a song that illustrates a lot of cool imagery that's very reminiscent of nineteen sixties and nineteen fifties California. That was lost with especially the Manson murders. That just kind of, you know, there's a lot of innocence and naivete that's gone, which I think all of us miss, even though we weren't there for it. We, no, we weren't there. And I, it's, 
we can't grasp it anymore. We don't know, like, we don't know what that, like, what that innocence and naive, like, you said perfectly, naivete, like, like, we don't, we, we don't know what that is anymore, really. We and we get this with this song, which is beautiful. We have, um, and especially because I was listening to an artist that was, um, or a series of artists, but, like, I, I was listening to a band that uh, was a group of kids that lives a couple streets over from me, and they were fairly uh, well-known as a local band that's that's doing fairly well and starting to get a lot of pickup, and I listened to their music, and I wasn't a huge fan. And I'm listening to their lyrics, and it's uh, nonsense, and it's a lot of really well-done, especially the rhythm section, is really well-done stuff, and it, the vocals aren't bad. But it's, it's this kind of like instantaneous TikTok TV generation. This is Zoe 101 generation that kind of grew up with this instantaneous gratification. Which is not meant, this is not meant to be a soapbox thing. But it's all of these lines are like a line that makes sense. And then a line that rhymes. And then a line that has nothing to do with the other first two lines. And then another line that kind of rhymes, but has so, yeah, nothing so, to do with so, the first so, like, three a lines. question for you, like, so you're just saying, like, lines that just, like, like the entire song is, like, doesn't make it's sense. It's herky-jerky, the lyrics, they don't hold me. Yeah, yeah. But you, the way yeah. me and Magdalena is, is this, it's a, it's a song that came out in 2012 that really is... a retrospective, intelligently well-written song that is reminiscent of the 60s. You can tell it was made by an older person. You can just, like, you can tell. You it's can, easy. It's, it's easy. Yeah, it's, it's but easy. it's just, I... I don't know. I, I always... I'm always going to say I hearken back to days of yore. But um, we were just talking about a couple of the country artists that um, we, we oh, really like. Oh, yeah. Um, which I think is oh, great, yeah. but I think that's kind of where these these lyricists, these these singer songwriters have gone to hide, because pop music doesn't like them too much, and I th- think that that's kind of what we're missing in a lot of the the pop songs of today. We are like I w- I was surprised uh, when I went to Zach Brown Band actually, as a concert. I'm not familiar with Zach Brown Band. I went because people wanted me to, mm-hmm. and I was like. Country concerts are always awesome. How could they Definitely. Um, and I went, and I was like, I was surprised about how Zach Brown band, like, like Zach Brown, like, just like he, his songs, like, made me like think about like, okay, it's like his lyrics, like, aren't like all just like, just pointing out facts basically, which is like most like what country. I thought what country meant. It was, I was just driving like, down the road. I was riding down the road with my dog in a pickup truck mm-hmm. and eating fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Not no, what no, it was. No. Beer in my hand. There was a girl in tight jeans. Girl. <laughs> Every time, man. I've been all jeans. All, uh, all jeans. All jeans. All the time. All the time. Let's be real. But like it, it wasn't like that, and that's what I appreciated with Zach Brown. Uh, and everything. And I appreciate it. He, he rickrolled us. He rickrolled the entire audience. He fucking did 
Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up. And I respect that. And they did all of these other covers during the concert, too. And they were all fucking awesome. I just, like, it's just... I I was surprised to see how he appreciated other music. How they interpreted that other music. And then, also, like, their songs weren't as, like, just straightforward. I like I I like deep thinking when it comes to my music. I like like that like my lyrics like are make sense or straight kind of straightforward, but not they have underlying stuff. That's kind of like it's, it's clever, it's nice. I just I like a, a you know, not it doesn't need to be romantic. It doesn't need to fit my worldview cuz that's certainly not the case. But I like songs that have thought put into them if that makes sense and I think a lot of people don't put thought into them it's just ah we lay down you know any three chords play them over and over again and then we just play this funky bass line that we can conjure up in the computer and then I'm just gonna kind of like rap lines and if they make sense write one down if it doesn't make sense but it rhymes write that down for now and we'll use it as filler Unless I come up with something better. And then a lot of times that gets kind of thrown down. And it's like, sit down and write a poem, man. See if you can really write a poem from beginning to end. Because that's what lyrics is. And if you don't think that is the case, then maybe you shouldn't be writing songs. Because you're just a singer at that point. You're just Elvis. You're just Sinatra. I'm... You know, other people are trying to do something else, like what Mike Nesmith is trying to do with me and Magdalena, which I think he does a brilliant job of. And obviously, we got into a diatribe, otherwise. But I think that me and Magdalena is a is a great illustration of nostalgia that's lost, and I wish more people would get into that area, if that makes sense. It it's a it's a great modern song that brings back the nostalgia prior, basically. Because it is an... I, I, I will say it's a modern song. It has a modern feel to it. So it, you, you feel that it's made. The is great. Every instrument is fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't... I'm trying to think of anything like bad to say about the song. Because I do want to... Like, if, like, we are going to name song, like, songs that, like... Like they're not known, but you should know. But like they, they do have like their faults to it. This one, it was just like it's. There's really no fault to the song. Mm-hmm. I can't. Maybe it's it, it. Maybe it's too short. I think that that might be. I want it to be longer. I want more. I want more of it. Maybe that's the only thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, just everything about uh, me and Magdalena is just it's it's a perfect rendition of uh just the american past and like how how like like the how love was in the american past i would say i think that's actually a brilliant way to put it but i think that's um kind of applies to the whole album so i know this is songs you should know and i'm sure we'll go into more songs in the album but i will say that um of all things that you should do with your time uh, especially if you're listening to this podcast, go listen to the Monkeys' Good Times. It has no reason to be as good as it is. No reason. But it's fabulous. And me and him went back and forth. Me and Reggie, you know, did a little one-two. 
And um, both of us came out saying, hey, me and Magdalena, best song on the album. If you liked this episode, or if you didn't, I don't really care. You should, I'm joking, you should very much care, and I care deeply and lose sleep over it. Please Frankly, care. Oh my Please god, care. do I care so goddamn much? That sounds like sarcasm, but I really do, and I can't sleep at night and don't think of myself as a man and as a human being unless somebody likes what I create. Frankly, I stare into the mirror and what look at what has become of me, and I'm just sad. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is an outro. You should like or subscribe our Instagram page, or you should follow us on Spotify or Google Podcasts or any of the other podcasts you should find us. We are part of the Enlightened Network, which now includes the podcast Concerning Token and the Enlightened Podcast, as well as podcast which you have been listening to which is the songs you should know hosted by both reggie wilder and me ben hunt like follow subscribe comment and all of the above spread the word people we're important i know we aren't but maybe we should be we shouldn't i don't know if we should be maybe we shouldn't this is supposed to be shorter because we're an outro but Maybe I should stop doing my overture voice. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Oh, oh, okay. Too much? I'm sorry. I'm getting directions. Ah, oh, end it now. End it now? Okay. All right.